Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope you enjoy it. I'm preaching about the book of Acts tonight, the Acts of the Apostles. And the book of Acts is known as the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the sent ones of God. That's all apostles are, sent ones. Oh, such a presence of God right now. But it's also the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The power of God, the presence of God. And he is present to heal in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's all join our faith in, in unity, in one accord. Why would we stand here and talk about the Holy Spirit? when he is here ministering now. We say, come Holy Spirit, come. We thank you for Ron, for precious Ron. God loves you so much, Ron. It's not by accident that you're here. You're surrounded by love. Surrounded by love. Just in your heart, you can just say, yes, God. Yes. I receive from you, God. I receive. The Bible says that when we pray, believing that we have received what we ask, it will be done. And the Bible says the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of the righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. And the Bible says that when we lay our hands on the sick, they will recover. And the Bible tells us that we can command bodies to be well. Say, come, Holy Spirit, be well. Well, in the mighty name of Jesus, we contend for your healing, Ron. In Jesus' mighty name, come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come and touch Ron's body. From the top of his head to the tip of his toes, come in your mighty power. Come and heal and restore. Thank you, God, for healing. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for your power. Thank you for healing in the bones, healings in the muscles. We thank you, God. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Do not fear. God cares about you. That's all it means. He cares about you. He cares about you. Can he save? He can save anybody. Now, he needs to be saved. the word says that faith comes by hearing by the word of God. Yeah. So I'm going to do my best to Make speak words of God. God. Don't apologize. Yeah. I'm going to do my best to still bring a word yeah. that I pray inspires faith in all of us for whatever God is speaking to us and ask that you continue praying for Ron while we share the word we believe Ron for you and for the person you're worried about we believe God is so good I was lost I've endured much pain there's nobody too far gone for God there's no pain too great for God in you or in the person you care about God is love. 
So keep praying. Let's keep praying. And what's the name of the person? Can you say the name of the person you're worried about? Pamela. Pamela. We're praying for Pamela as well. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Father God. When we pray, we believe that we receive. And once we ask, we're saying, thank you, Father God. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. And we're moved by compassion. We're moved by the heart of God. now Holy Spirit come so why did God send Jesus it's right there John 3:16 for God so loved the world he gave his only son and that's what we heard about Last week and the weeks before as we've looked at the Gospels, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And eternal life isn't a life in heaven. Eternal life begins the moment we say yes to that gift. Yes, Jesus, I receive you. But then Jesus went. He went to heaven. He left the disciples behind, his followers behind. And he went. So it doesn't end with the Gospels. It begins for us with the Gospels. And then we go into the book of Acts. And as I said, the book of Acts is the book of the apostles, the Acts of the apostles, and the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And that partnership has not ended It wanes, but it hasn't ended. The promise is on and on and on. And in fact, in the book of Acts, Peter says that the promise is for you, the people he was talking to, the promise is for you, for your children, and for all in the future. That's enough for me. If anyone tells me that the the acts and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today... I just look at that scripture. Peter said, the promise is forever. Well, what's the promise? Peter told us what the promise was. When Jesus was going, he said, I'm going. Go to Jerusalem and don't do anything else. Wait and pray for the promise. And do you know what they asked him? Are you still going to revolutionize us? Are you still going to set us free from the the um, lordship of the Romans, they still thought Jesus was about a revolution fight, you know? But after the Holy Spirit came, Peter got it. And they said of the apostles, Peter was a fisherman, he was uneducated. And yet he spoke the word of God, the scriptures, he quoted the scriptures. An unlearned man quoted the scriptures and they said, These men have been with God. See how they talk. Revelation. Peter was messy. He got it wrong. But he saw, he was the one that Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Messiah. And Jesus said, 
Upon this rock I will build my church. Because Peter had the ability to see in the spiritual realm. That's the gift that the Holy Spirit gives us all, to see. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I hear my Father saying. Listening, hearing, seeing, and obeying. So they heard Jesus' instruction, wait, pray for the promise. And they thought the promise was revolution. So I imagine them, they were obedient. They didn't understand, but they were obedient. Their Messiah was gone, but they were obedient. I wonder what they were praying I wonder what they were thinking. Up to 120 people it became over the course of about 10 days and 10 nights. He's coming. He's coming. There's going to be an army. Finally, the army, like the armies of Elijah. Suddenly, we'll open our eyes and we'll see armies of angels and we'll take over the land again, just in the days of old, the good days. But that wasn't God's plan. After about 10 days, suddenly... Started blowing, the body start, the building started shaking, the bodies probably started shaking as well. Tongues of fire came, and suddenly it all made sense. He Jesus said, Wait for the promise. Now there are so many promises, but the promise, Jesus Peter said what the promise was. He preached a message that cut people to the heart, it pierced the heart of the people listening. And we know 3,000 people were saved and added to the church that day. This was the promise. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my male and female slaves in those days. Everybody. There was a real class division male, female, slaves. But it was for everybody. He is for everybody. Not the preacher, not the minister, not the person who's been through Bible college, but like Peter, the person who sat with Jesus and listened and was given the ability by the Holy Spirit to see and to hear. And he says, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and remarkable day of the Lord comes. Then whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When the Lord comes. So for them, the Lord came. The Holy Spirit came. God came in Holy Spirit. You could think that's the fulfillment, but it wasn't. It was just the beginning. And we know Jesus himself is coming back. But in the meantime, he hasn't left us as orphans. He hasn't left us on our own. He, Holy Spirit, completely, fully, holy God is here. And he's in us. And we invite him to come on us and invade the atmosphere, fill the atmosphere, saturate the atmosphere, saturate us. I wonder if there was a building up of those 10 days and night, a sense, something's coming, something's happening. Or if it was just, they were just praying and praying and praying and praying, waiting for the revolution. And then suddenly, I don't know. Sometimes I pray with great anticipation and sometimes I pray in the dry, driest of atmosphere, my son was diagnosed with meningitis. He was in and out of consciousness. 
He was being hooked up. An isolation room was getting ready for him. Within 20 minutes of prayer, he was completely healed. Another time, he'd had terrible eczema in his skin for years. And by the age of seven, I'm seeing him wake up with blood on his sheets every morning and his skin getting worse and worse. We decided to be militant. And we prayed every day for about 15, 20 minutes every night while he was in bed for six months. We saw nothing. Until one morning after six months, we went in to wake him up and the eczema was gone. Who knows? Who knows? But if we pray, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I love sitting at the feet of Jesus. I'm a worshipper. I love to choose, like, I'm a kind of floaty, kind of merry, kind of still get quiet, kind of relational person with God. And that's wonderful. But as Kirsty said this morning, what was it you said about the gifts? Eager, desireness, determination. We have to pray. They got together for 10 days and prayed of one accord, one heart, one mind. So we don't lose heart. We don't give up. But we keep praying. The power of God is immeasurable and completely available to us. All we have to do is pray. Just pray. And I know actually it's not easy because I've been on this journey about praying for revival. What do you pray? How do you pray? How do you keep praying? How do you keep praying when you don't see anything? Do you keep asking for the Holy Spirit? Do you thank him for the Holy Spirit? What do you do? I don't know. It's a journey. It's a journey in the word. It's a journey in fellowship. It's a journey in worship. It's a journey of listening to God. But when I was preparing for tonight, um, not preparing notes, but just preparing my heart, and just being with God and just praying. Dawn and I are spiritual sisters, and when we get together, it's God's stuff. But I'd said, Saturday night, they're doing outside cinema. Let's just bottle a Prosecco, outside movie. Let's just do kind of hanging out with our husbands kind of stuff. And then Wednesday, I was preparing, and I texted her. I said, I can't do it. And she said, why not? And I said, because I'm praying for revival, and I'm looking at how... It was about prayer, but pressing in, continued, sustained, hunger, desire. How can I in all good conscience the night before I'm speaking about that go and sit and watch a secular film? How can I do that and then stand here and say, we've got to pray? But the prayer that costs, where we turn off the telly, we put away the novel, we pray, we lay down our lives to pray. Let me give you a few examples Obviously, we've seen the disciples. They didn't really know what they were praying about, I don't think, from what he said. You know, will you come and bring the revolution? I think he missed it again, lovely Peter. I think I'm like Peter. But, but they did nonetheless. And then Wednesday night when I was praying and I was looking at revival, you know, I said faith comes by hearing the word. You know, so leading into that season of praying for our son for the eczema, I'd been listening intensively to meaty teaching and preaching on healing for about six months. And then it just went off in me. I said, right, we're not having this anymore. And I had the determination to pray and to press in and to not faint and not give up. And Wednesday night, and I was praying, and I was looking at revivalists, and I was thinking about um, the Welsh revival, Evan Roberts, 
and how he had heard in a meeting someone pray, bend us, O God. And he went away and his prayer was, bend me, O God, bend me, O God, bend me, O God. I think, what's that mean, bend me, O God? I can figure out some kind of explanation in my head. And then, and then God took me, and I've, I've been in seasons of repent, repentance before with God, where he showed me that I was basically unfaithful, lost my first love, and told me in such a way that just melted my heart and made me go, yes, I fall in love with you all over again. But I just felt him put a really gentle glow on the inside of me and show me that I'm not the vessel that I desire to be or the vessel that he calls me to be. The Bible says that we can choose what vessel we will be. The Bible tells that we can choose to be a vessel for, per- for special purposes. It's up to us how we live. And so I just found myself praying, make me fit. Make me fit for you, God. Make me fit for you. Now I can try and copy Robin Evers' prayer. Bend me, oh God, bend me, oh God. Fit me to your will. Or I could just spend time with him, meditating on this, feeding my faith on revival, learning from the great masters of revival who've gone before us and listening to God and see what he's saying to me and respond to that. And that's where he took me, thinking about the vessel. Make me fit for you, God. And as David prayed, search me and know me. Create within me a right heart before you, God. You know? And so... Revivals that have gone before. The first great awakening in the 700s was the the time of George Whitfield and John Wesley. Really famous. And that all kicked off with a group of people called the Moravian people. They had a hundred-year prayer meeting. I don't know who ended it on the last day of hundred years. (laughs) It's a shame. But they had a hundred-year prayer meeting, praying and pressing in in unity together. 100 years. It was a community, a whole community of people praying for 100 years. And they ended up sending out over 300 missionaries. 1904, as I said, the Welsh revival, a young man, Robert, Robert Evans, bend me, O oh God, bend me, O oh God, come and have your way in me, which led to a revival. And then... A man called Charles Finney, who you may or may not know about, was a great evangelist. He went into communities and turned whole communities around for God. But what not many people know, who know about Charles Finney, was there was a partner called Father Nash. And he would go before Finney and he would be outside the community and he would pray for days until the atmosphere shifted and then Charles Finney would go in and do the work. The power of prayer power of prayer the Brownsville revival that was a minister in a church in America Pensacola he would go into he was a minister of a church and he would go into his church and lie on the pews at three o'clock in the morning and cry out at the top of his voice for God and then on a father's day a guest speaker came and spoke and it all kicked off he nearly wasn't going to be there because there was a guest speaker there so I guess what I'm saying we need God We need more power. We need more power. We need more love. We need more power. There's a world to save. There's lives to heal physically and emotionally. In the Welsh revival, the donkeys in the pits couldn't work anymore because the miners would manage them by swearing and cursing. 
and they all got saved and stopped swearing and cursing. So the donkeys had to learn a new language to be able to work. The pubs closed down, the gambling shops closed down. Imagine if prostitution stopped, drug taking stopped, child abuse stopped, because the light of God so flooded this area, because people prayed. If my people will humble themselves and pray, I will come. That's my plea to myself. You know, and the enemy, he will try and stop us. He would come against us. Saying to Dawn, I can't possibly go and watch a secular film the night before because I've got to press in and pray. Our car got broken into, the back window got smashed. So that changed the focus of our evening. But we're not deterred. I think we're entering a great season. I think God is saying, who will pray? And that's my invitation to us. So God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just pray now as maybe we worship and we reflect that we will listen in our hearts to what you're saying. I know there's a great cost to praying as you call us to pray. I know there's a cost. But speak to each one of us about the cost. Speak to each one of us about the call. And come and empower us. Teach us how to pray. Unite us in prayer. Lead us in prayer. Thank you for the great commission, the great call. Can we say yes to you and to your will and to your ways? Thank you, Father God, that you didn't leave us as orphans, but you sent your Holy Spirit. And you tell us not to quench the Spirit, not to grieve the Spirit, but to welcome you, to listen to you. We sing a song, when you call, I will not refuse. But I know I do. I know you say, stop doing that, come away with me. And I say, but I'm too busy. Lead us, God. Lead us. Come, Holy Spirit, come. As we worship now, come and speak to us. Thank you, Jesus. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviourssummary.org.uk.